The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi and welcome to episode 20 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Once again, just two of us this time, it's because Connie has been sued by Ian Hart due to comments he made on the previous podcast. Uh, so I'm just joined by KC. Good morning. Yeah, it's a, it was a shame to see him get sued like that by Ian Hart, but you know, you just can't say those things. No. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting of Ian Hart to take, take that sort of uh, action against his own countrymen. Yeah, especially just him. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Connie has a family function that he's got to go to. Can't get out of it. He'll be back next for the next one in all likelihood. Uh, we'll get straight into the shite that is Leeds United lately. 3-0 uh, loss away at Borough. Patrick Bamford hat-trick. 3-0 was about what we deserved, I reckon. Yeah, I think I think it says a lot when... I think for two of his goals, there was a... There was a case for offsides, and either way you're looking, going, ah, it doesn't matter, does it? No, we we couldn't argue. If it's not this, he'll get another one. Yeah, <laughs> and he did. Yeah, the uh, I mean, we were second best all over pitch. I did. I don't think anyone was good. I think in play ratings, Forshaw off the bench was about his best one, I reckon. But yeah. even that, I think, was six and a half. There, there was nothing. This this reminded me a lot of the the Sheffield United game. There was. Uh, at least, although at least in that we had a goal that we could cling on to, but outside there was nothing in this game that you could look at, look at, and take any pos- positives from. We were just second best all over the pitch. It, it was truly awful. Yeah, the um, I mean, Doug Adama Traore when he's on form like that is far too good to be in the championship. But I thought we defended against him terribly, sitting off him, giving him four yards of space to start running, not du- never yeah. doubling up on him. Playing Vernon and Eater. <laughs> oh, man, the amount of times of someone got in behind an Eater every single time. Um, it's just, and I feel, I do feel sorry for him in a way because, and I think I saw it best. So you know, he is a victim of his own versatility. Because bless it, I'd love to see him have a get a couple of games in central midfield, especially at this point of the season, because we might as well. Are we doing to him what Alex Ferguson did to Alan Smith? Yeah, go, go on. You've played fullback a couple of times, haven't you? Yeah, go on. Get get to left back. Uh, all right then. I just find it amazing that we've kept persisting with him for this long. I mean, I think that we first called that Vernon and Eater was a shit fullback for the first Newport County game. <laughs> it was the first time that we lost as Ragley and being a shit fullback. Yeah, it's true, and especially with. Um, you know, some of the performances that Tom Pierce has been putting in for the under 23s. El Higante. Yeah, sorry, El Higante. You just think, just give him a go. It cannot be any worse. You know, as someone who is a naturally left sided player. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll come to that because there's more evidence to come up in later games. Uh, in this game, I thought that we there was four players that I thought were particularly shy. Anita, who we've just mentioned. Our non-existent central midfield of O'Kane and Phillips. Oh, woeful. Just, like you said, absolutely non-existent. They offered no protection whatsoever. Um, neither one of them 
got hold of the game in any way, never really did much with the ball. And I just left La Saga just so, uh, so exposed up front, just not getting anything at all. And they just, they just completely overran us, but very easily as well. It wasn't like they had to put much effort into doing it. No, true. Uh, I suppose the biggest takeaway from that game was uh, the fourth one of the incredible... I mean, no one was good, but there was the fourth one of the really bad performances. Felix Viedvald. It's getting into Paul Rohovka territory now when you just... It's, you're not even angry, but you just sat there going, he's done it again. Well, it's like it's weird in this game because obviously the second goal, he really should have saved it. It was a really poor bit of goalkeeping. But the mm. worst thing in this game was him on crosses again. It's just that he actually got away with it and the goals yeah. didn't come from it because he missed, in first half, it must have been three or four easy crosses that he just missed. Yeah, I don't know if it was something you, you would have picked up on actually been at the game, but I, I said it a few times on Twitter. I, I wasn't at the game, it was away, but I was in the pub. Oh, it was, it was there, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. Um, but from... Two of their goals came from Stuart Dallas losing his man at corners, which begged the question to me: Why in the holy blue hell is Stuart Dallas marking people in the you know in the penalty area? He's a winger. Dallas leaving men at corners. Wasn't that Wolves, not Middlesbrough? Uh, was it Wolves? Yeah, we conceded two anymore. goals from set pieces. You're confusing our oh, two. Well. You're confusing our two shite three <laughs> nil defeats. But we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. Yeah, one. we'll delay um, for two minutes. It now don't go. The, uh, I mean, we'll just come straight into it. We got beat 3-0 by Wolves. We fully expected to get battered, and we did. And I've I've actually written down on these notes that it's annoying that we're playing best team in the league and then we concede two shit goals from set pieces. Yeah. I felt a bit... I felt a bit sorry for Dallas, really. Especially on the uh, the first one, Roman Saez goal. Because you, when you watch, when, this, when that ball comes in, seven Leeds players all run forward towards the near post and just leave Dallas with, like, three... <laughs> Now, Dallas maybe could have got there, but <laughs> it, leaving him in that situation. My issue in the first place is, though, isn't that he lost his man so much. It's why he's having to mark players anyway. Like, I I know he can do a job as a fullback, but, you know, marking from a corner is a completely different thing. Why, you know, one, we have 11 men in the penalty area every single time. And yet we can't have two of them on the post. If you look at our attacking line, you know, the attacking midfielders, when you've got Dallas, Saiz, and either Ali Oscar or Hernandez on the field, you don't want any of those three marking players. Just at least put one of them on the post, put one of them up on the edge of the centre circle, so if, if we get it clear, we can actually try and do something. Because otherwise, it's just going to come back. I, I, I do not understand this thinking from corners. I don't either, and I must admit, I was fuming, uh, especially for Saiz's goal, which nearly hit the base of the post as it went in. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the team is, doesn't matter who you're playing, I'll never understand not having a man on each post. Especially with the amount of ground they cover, it cuts the goal in half. Yeah. I don't want to mind, but it's not as if they piled everyone forward. They had two men on the halfway line, one sort of edge of the area-ish. So it's not as if they've chucked everyone forward for it. So why we have 11 men back, who half of who, you know, that would signify that there's two or three who aren't marking anyone in particular. Hadi Sacco was in there. Why is Hadi Sacco in the penalty area? Why is Hadi Sacco in Beeston? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you're looking at the team, it completely passed me by at first when, because I think I got the message off of you guys saying that uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell was starting. 
And that made me miss completely up until the start of the game. Hang on a second, is Hadi Sacco starting as well? Yeah. There was a couple of things with it. Because I tweeted out, I could actually see Heckingbottom's logic. We're not going to have much at ball. We'll need to counter-attack. It's good to have some pace on the pitch. But when I saw the lineup, I assumed it would be Dallas on the left and Sacco on the right. Mm. But instead, he puts Sacco on the left in front of Anita. So he puts both the shit ones defensively <laughs> on the same side against even Caviero, yeah. who's one of the better wingers in the league. I just, I couldn't yeah. believe they did it. I know he rectified it like at half time, but, but at least if Dallas had been at left and Sacco on the right, he'd have had Berardi def- who will just defend with Sacco in front of him. And Anita, who's not as good defensively, has Dallas to help him out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I think it's a bad enough sign that in this game, the best, our best chance was Berardi's effort, wasn't it? I think that went just over. Yeah, but I think it, from top of my head, I think that's as close as we came. Yeah, that's the only effort I can think of. I mean, Lasaga um, may as well have not been on the pitch, but it won't really his fault. You, I, two games, two games there where I don't think you can fault him at all. It just didn't have anything to work with. Um, I think he he has been very much let down in those in those two games. Yeah, I uh, I just got my phone out actually to look at the WhatsApp message that I sent to you after like twenty minutes of the game. So in. Fo- Four two three one versus this team in this shape is never going to work. Fullbacks outnumbered, Lasaga isolated. Centre mids are still only two v two despite this, so don't get an advantage in there. All they have to do is mark size, and we're fucked. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a week, and I haven't changed any ma- any of my mind from that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, like you say, we just just drop someone in. You know, size has been marked out of the game very easily. Just drop someone back. You know, we had the options on the bench to at least add another centre mid or, uh, you know, initially I know you wanted to go uh, three-man three, uh, three man central defence. I wanted to match their shape completely. Yeah. And then Cooper got injured by Berardi. Yeah, and uh, I think I've forgotten to put it in the news, so I'll mention it now. It sounds like that's that's a bit worse than it first looked and it might be a few weeks. Honest, honestly, I I saw that as Liam Cooper being, you know, the smart professional going, oh, that's it, they're breaking away, you go down, hold your head a bit so the ref has to stop the game, and then he'll get up and jog back. It stop, you know, stops them from breaking away. Yeah. And then when the physios came on, we're there for a while, and he's laying this on a bit thick, isn't he? Oh, shit, he's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> he's been carried off like, oh, he's actually injured then. Ooh. Poor lad. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that was a that was a three man defense gone. Yeah, that kind of knackered it. Although I would have preferred us than just sticking with what we had. I would have preferred us to, even though I don't like Berardi at centre back, to move him to three and play. I don't know, Alioski left wing back, Dallas right wing back, or something. But I Sacco. think I think with Sacco <laughs> was the wing back. <laughs> Sacco, I know that Hadi Sacco has got no footballing brain, right? and. I've kind of made my peace with that. He's never going to have one. But once he went on, with him being on the left, it seemed to make everything 10 times more difficult for him. There was <laughs> like three or four times where you know the way you might spin around if the ball's gone up in the air, but you've lost it and you don't know where it is. Yeah. There was two or three times where he did that when the ball was on the ground 10 yards away. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a lost child. Uh. <laughs> You know, and constantly twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. 
dear. So he he won That's the award. He won the award for shitest in that game, and it was awful again. Again, most people were poor. I thought and. Uh, I gave joint man at match Hernandez for be, in second half being the one player who looked like he might create something, and and Peacock Farrell. Uh, yeah, we should probably talk about Bailey Peacock Farrell. I was bit, I was going to talk about him more after Reading game because he was that was he was even better in that one. Like when I say I gave him joint man at match, that was with a that was with a uh, six and a half I think because he, he he was on for man at yeah. match and then on that third goal he either should have come and kept coming or stayed on his line. And he stopped halfway. Which, you know, yeah. is a mistake, but the game was gone by that point anyway. But I was glad yeah, to see him get the game because I wrote an article on Through It All Together uh, basically talking about how I... The, doing basically a discursive thing, you know, why the reasons to do it, reasons not to. And my conclusion coming out of it was... Was the first reason so Felix isn't in goal? Uh, I believe... I can't do the... I can't quote exactly what I said, but I think it was the biggest and most compelling reason is Felix Riedvold is a bit shit. <laughs> it was something like that but no uh, I I went in saying I think he should play Peacock Farrell but I don't think he will and there is one thing that I have to give Heckingbottom when people have been shit he hasn't been scared of dropping them I mean sometimes if they're human and okay and he brings them back a bit quick <laughs> but uh, no he's uh, he came back in and I thought against Reading he had a really good game particularly first half Mm, some of the saves he's made and and he looked very composed the whole time didn't look particularly nervous i think i noticed during the wolves game he seemed to be a little bit quieter when wolves had broken through whereas against reading i don't know if someone had had a word with him uh i did see him bollocking a couple of players Debark, I have mostly. a theory that if you want to get a goalkeeper out of his shell, what you do is play him behind Lawrence Debock because it's impossible not to lose <laughs> your temper and bollock him. As someone's breaking through in his head before he's got to make the save. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, it's not in the order of the game, but that fucking, that ball at the top where he's running backwards towards his own goal and goes to chest it down and gets dispossessed by Mo Barrow was one of the worst bits of defending I've seen all season. To, uh, to make another Simpsons reference, it's a bit like when they watch uh, Ralph's heart breaking in slow motion. You can just watch in stages, just going, as the ball's coming down, you think, he's got this. It's coming down. Oh, he stepped back. He's letting it bounce. And all the while, you can just see Mo Barrow getting a little bit closer to him. And then it bounces and he turns and you went, he's thinking about heading this, but Mo Barrow will get to that header. Yeah. He realizes it. Then he goes, well, I'll get it under control then. And it's one of the few times I've ever thought, I'll tell you what, if that was Michael Brown, at least he just hoofed it over his head and it had gone back forward. I just, he just looked, he looked in such panic the whole time. I stand by what I said after two games of watching him. The more I watch him, the more I think he's fucking useless. Is he ahead of or behind Vernon Anita in the pecking order at left-back for you? Uh, well, it's kind of weird. Before that Reading game, I said, put the bot back in. It's time to give him another go. And I still would put Debock over Anita because Debock looks okay going forward and Anita looks shite in both directions. <laughs> now, I, I would have no problem with him sticking Vernon Anita in the middle of midfield. I would treat him as a completely different player. Yeah. I just, he, him playing at fullback is a complete waste of time. But yeah, uh, obviously Peacock Favel played well and Debock played awful. We've touched on that. But yeah, it was 2 2 at Reading. Uh, goals from Janssen and Hernandez. I thought the Janssen goal was really nice football, actually. 
the it's the pass from size into Forshaw where he just chips it over two defenders for Forshaw to put the, uh, the initial cross in, which is just lovely. Like, yeah. I, it's just the sort of thing size can just do that yeah. I, most other players can't in, at this level. He just looked and went, yeah, I'm just going to chip it over them too. It is going to land perfectly. And it did. Yeah, and it was a good finish from Janssen as well, outside of foot. It wasn't the easiest one to tuck away. No, he took the, he, he took it so nonchalantly. It was that nice little flick of the outside and to keep it got a touch. I don't know who the defender was who kind of smashed it home with a header as well. Yeah, well, he was on the I don't. I'm not sure who it was, but it was already on the line. He was a bit knackered. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we were 1-0 down by that point. Just Ekibang gave ball away, simple through ball. Pennington were three yard deeper than Janssen and it was Miles. And it was just, to be honest, I think he'd have been onside with the line with Janssen, never mind the one for a yard further back. Yeah. But in second half, started it somewhat like. I thought Hernandez's goal was a great goal. Again, like, um, and I'm sure we'll probably come on to it because, and uh, you know, clearly Hernandez has gone, well, I wouldn't mind that contract, so uh, better pull the finger out. Just, you know, let's do this one. Oh, so I've just, I've just remembered, actually, because uh, obviously we've been guessing all season he's not going to be here next season, and then he said that and gave us a bit more hope. Did you see that rumour that went round that his missus is pregnant and they're off back to Spain? I haven't seen that, now. There was a rumour about that. Now, I didn't know that she was on Twitter, but uh, I, and I can't remember who it was that was talking about it, but Pablo Hernandez's missus started replying to him, mm. and she was basically just saying, look, it's up to him. Wherever he goes, I go... Yeah, I, which I mean, by the way, if I remember rightly, isn't his Mrs. Sergio Garcia's sister? Oh, like the the, the golfist. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was that picture after Sergio Garcia won the with the Masters that he won last year, and it was him and Pablo uh, Hernandez and some yeah. lass, which I'm guessing is her. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, uh, if you oh. have access to a laptop, you can check if you want. <laughs> Let's have a look. <laughs> Um, you know, we'll wiki that one. But yeah, at the moment, Pablo is playing like a man who clearly wants a new contract. And every time he's come on, even in these, even in these games when we've not, you know, when we look terrible, he he has probably been the best player on the pitch, fairly comfortably. I would say since Size's suspension started, because Size hasn't been at his best since he came back. I would say since mm. that suspension started, Pablo Hernandez has been his best player. Yeah. And again, he just has that absolute touch of quality about him. Obviously, this goal was a great example of that. Cutting inside, curling to far corner, it was a lovely finish. Yeah, he's he's just got that that touch. and in, he, He's got such a nice touch that he can just give himself the extra second. I, I don't see at this point now why we would let him go unless he's asking for stupid money. Um, what we could gain from letting him go. No, I've I've also heard some people say uh, that there might be a appearance-based like option on Leeds's end to extend it by a year anyway. Which ho- yeah. hopefully is true because that'd be perfect. By the way, uh, it Sergio Garcia is his brother-in-law. Oh, right, cool. I'm glad that's true uh, because that'd have been a really weird thing for me to make up. <laughs> an oddly specific thing to make up yeah uh, but then obviously we cr- we'll uh, we'll get through the game we conceded the equaliser Yuno Kane own goal he's on fire at the moment as Yuno Kane he's on fire it's the last thing he needed because I mean he has been dreadful he's been so out of form he's had that red card he's come back not played well and then got an own goal he's 
it's not going well for him. Uh, but I, I have to admit, this, this own goal was a little bit just unfortunate, Marvin Oat. I mean, there is a player running in behind him and the player is wrong side of Berardi. He can't risk leaving yeah. it. If he'd have been... If Adam Forshaw would have done it, we'd have all gone, oh, that's unlucky. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, okay, and you would have hoped he did better. And had he been a bit more on his toes, maybe he could have cleared it. But he's done far worse things lately than this. <laughs> this. This one was just a bit unlucky. It's just that he's in all of his bad books for being a bit shit lately. Yeah, I, I think we we said last time as well, like, you just look at our central midfielders. Uh, who who do you pick to play alongside Forshaw? Because everyone's out of form at the moment. Yeah, that is the big... I think it shows how unfit Vieira is that he isn't getting his chance at the minute. I, I honestly, I'm very happy for Vieira to be out of the team for a little bit. I think it might do, especially when now we're playing for nothing. We're not playing well. Just leave him out of the team. Let him have a bit of a break. Let him heal. Um, yeah, there's no sense playing it, especially now. Like I haven't looked at the table. I'm sure I probably could very easily, but I haven't looked. But, you know, we're not going up now. Just, just, just let him rest. You know, maybe give him a couple of sub appearances if if needs be. But you know, he's he's still he's still a young lad. He doesn't he doesn't need to be playing now. So let's just let him heal up and get him ready for next season. Yeah. Well, the Reading game. I mean, it was a shite result because the one thing that I can take from that game is as bad as we are, we're better than Reading. Yeah, they they did not look good. I tell you what, when. Um, when Janssen scored, you could see them. There was quite a few of them just arguing with each other, and you could see there's some there's something not right there at the moment. They've they've lost all their confidence. Not that we're a particularly confident team, but man, they they did not handle it well. No, the thing that really stood out to me was whenever a long ball went forward, they were even worse than us. They just letting ball bounce and backing away. Yeah, a team full of players who were scared to make a mistake. So. Didn't didn't go near the ball. Whereas Lawrence de Box seems perfectly fine making mistakes. Yeah, that's true. He it's has, very, no, he very has no fear. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a five-year-old. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's all be fine. Don't worry. Oh, I've lost it. Ah, oh, well. Yeah. So obviously de Bock was shite again. Uh, but the, as much as this wasn't a great game, it was at least an improvement. Like Forshaw played well. Hernandez played well. I thought Alioski played quite well as well. Uh, the main yeah, thing. Yeah, was unlucky. Yeah, that one. Aliaski chances. Yeah, well, yeah, the main thing to take from this is, uh, I mean, I think I know where this is going to go, but do you think it's time for either Tyler Denton or El Gigante to play? And if so, which one would you pick? I, I'd really like to see El Gigante get a game. Um, you know, we've spoken about him. By the way, for anyone who's new to the podcast, El Gigante is Tom Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> As numbers don't change that much, but we'd better mention it just in case. Was it like episode 15 or 16? Go back and listen to it if you want the backstory on El Gigante. It's not much of a backstory, but a backstory nonetheless. Um, but yeah, he's he's been getting some very good reviews from the under-23s. He's been in, uh, in and around the squad for a few weeks. Um, it's worth giving him a go. Yeah, just we you know we've seen what Dubot can do, not a whole lot. We've seen what Anita can do, a bit less. We've seen what Dubot can't do, which is most things. Yeah, um, Denton. Um, I, again, I think he should probably get a couple of games in before the end of the season. He's 
Um, like, you know, he's someone we probably need to keep an eye on. He'll probably be out on loan again next season, I imagine. If he's not going to break uh, through in this situation with no left-backs, I'd, I'd love him to prove yeah, me wrong. he's not going to break through. It, I'd love him yeah. to prove me wrong, but he's 22. I don't yeah. think he's ever going to be good enough, unfortunately. Mm. I, I, by all means, prove me wrong. I hope that he has a fucking, that he gets two games at the end of the season, best player on pitch. That'd be great, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I... And I think, as, especially when you're getting someone like um, like Pierce, who's getting some strong reviews instantly, you've got a first team player who is already ahead of you. You've got a player younger than you that's pushing you, you know, you know, pushing in to take your spot. Then he, he's going to struggle. So if if he does get a couple of games, he needs to put in some big performances. Which, to be honest, if he comes into the team and has two solid games, he's looking like a good choice at the moment but as of now left back is a position where we've really got to look to strengthen in the summer well I think that's the case for most of most positions to be honest yeah um yeah it was quite bad when I started when I started writing the article for uh through it all together about players we should looking at players and who should move on and who should stay I started going through the list I went there's a lot of players here you could take or leave very easily yeah, just stick Tom Pierce in. That's the worst that could happen. Where's A.D. Is, is A.D. White still about? Can we get him in? I have no idea what happened to A.D. White now. He, it, get him back. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, we'll go, away from Leeds, there was a bit of news. Gary Monk's got the Birmingham job and he's fully got the band back together. Him, Clotet, James Beatty, Dalv Larvin, Sean Rush, Ryan Needs. All the people that were there at Leeds. Oh, yeah, I saw Pep on, uh, on Twitter. They took a picture going to... Uh, uh, nice to settle into the new office or something like that. Um, and I've, I think Gary Monk said something about the group. <laughs> <laughs> it, fair play to it. It's a lot like Chris Coleman taking the uh, Sunderland job. It's a brave move at this stage of the season. Oh, it's not as stupid as Chris Coleman taking the Sunderland job. Hell. Like that. I mean, he was... If he'd have hung on long enough, he might have even got a Premier League job. Mm. At the very least, he might have been at a tech like the Swansea job or something. Yeah, Coleman just he seemed very eager just to get back into management and went, yes, yeah, Sunderland, fine. Uh, Chris, Chris, you're undoing all the hard work you put in at Wales now. Yeah. But uh, Birmingham are 22nd, two points from safety, and they've lost the last seven Leeds, league games. I mean, obviously they beat us. <laughs> but uh, do you think they'll stay up? I don't. The only thing I'm looking at here is, and obviously there's still a, a few games to go, but their goal difference is it's so much worse than Barnsley's, who were just ahead of them. Um, Bolton at twentieth, they see they're about six point. They're six points ahead. So obviously you can still there's still time for that to change, but oh, it's going to be close. It's going. It's a tough one. I do, I, you know, if they do stay up, I don't think they will finish any higher than twenty first. Like, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say they go down. Well, I think they're just gonna sneak ahead of Barnsley. Who was it that Barnsley hired? Uh, Jose Moraes, who I'm just looking at his list of clubs now. Uh, he's managed near enough everyone who you've never heard of. And he's been assistant 
uh, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, and Chelsea, which I imagine would mean he was Jose's. Yeah, he must assistant. be Jose's boy. Yeah. Uh, then he went off to manage Al Shabab for a bit. Then went back to be Chelsea assistant. Um, he was at AEK Athens. Has now rocked up at Barnsley. Yeah. Uh, played five, won one, drawn one, and lost three so far for Barnsley. Yeah. I, say, um, I, th- I think they'll just drop off. I think, I think Monk, as much as there's things about him I don't like, I think he's practical enough to get him out of it. I, I mean, if he can get those players going, then he'll have no problem. They they still have a decent squad for that end of the championship, anyway. Um, yeah, I think they've got at least a mid-table squad. Yeah, uh, I just he just needs to get them going. It's just. It's just a case now whether he can in this, you know, short space of time. What has he got? Nine games left. I think he's got. God, he's about all that's left. What are we on? Thirty-seven. Sorry, yeah, thirty-seven. We play, yeah, forty-six games, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. didn't, didn't realise it was. Yeah. <clears throat> that's for us. That's about nine games too many. Yeah. Uh, there weren't all that much Leeds news really of it last week or so. Uh, Eckingbottom did an interview where he said that Peacock Farrell is in control of the keeper's jersey. He wouldn't say he is now my number one, but he said it's his shirt to lose. Do you think Do you think he plays every game? Barring injury, do you think he's in until end of season? I think he should be, yeah. So far he's had two games. He's He's looked markedly better than what we had before. Which is weird to say um, when he's conceded five, but it is true. Yeah, I mean, I mean that run—the run of games we've just gone through. What was that? Eight goals in three games we've shipped. Um, and like you say, outside of the the third at Wolves, where you know, fair play, he's a young lad. He came, rushed out a bit, and then got caught in two minds. Um, and I kind of let that one go. If that had been Felix, I'd have been going absolutely mental with him, but. You know, for the saves he'd been pulling off in that Wolves game, you kind of go, oh, fair enough. He was, you'll give him that. Um, yeah, I'd, if, if anything else, it'd be nice for him to get, you know, seven, eight, nine games under his belt in this division. And that way, at least we can tell, all right, is he someone we should be considering for next season? Should we look to get him out on loan to a bigger club than York? Because um, I think as much as you watch especially some of the goalkeepers in the under-23s, it's just not a true test of how good they are. You know, if he, at least if he has a decent run here, then you might get a League One club looking and go, all right, we'll take him for the season. Yeah, I know, like, Oldham turned him down, didn't they, in pre-season? But yeah. I think if he keeps playing like this and plays till end of the season, if we sign a better number one and manage to ship out, I mean, I think Lonergan will go, definitely. But if we manage to ship out Viedvald, and, sat, and we actually sign a number one. I could see there being a queue of clubs that want him if he plays like that rest of the season. Yeah, and, and I, I think a run like this will do him good as well because I think you look at the state of our defence, that that instantly takes a bit of the pressure off him. You, you're looking around going, look, we've got this inconsistent defence, that are lacking confidence. Just just do your best. Like you know, As long as you can be solid, that that's all we're looking for at this point, especially as a as a fan. If you come out, collect a few crosses, and make some decent saves, then we will be perfectly happy. Yeah, and I think that's all we want at this point. Yeah, I suppose that brings us on to the uh, the main news of the past week or so. 
uh, all of the Radrizani comments. Uh, I mean, right. there's, there's been a few, but we'll start with the main ones, which were the ones straight after the Wolves game. Now, it's a bit weird, the Wolves one, because it's not that he didn't have a point. I said as much on the night. And the EFL are apparently looking into it. Now, the main bone of contention isn't so much for Mendes, you know, recommending players and being involved. Although it does say in the regulations that, like, they can't have a certain amount of control and stuff. But it's that Forsen own Wolves and a subsidiary of Forsen own a stake in Mendes' agency, which doesn't sound right. Yeah. And he's talking players into going. Uh... And obviously, they're having a real go. They lost £23.8 million last season. They're probably going to lose more than that this season. But they were well up on FFP mm. before that. So provided they go up, it's fine. And they are going to go up. I was going to say, it would take something absolutely catastrophic at this point for them not to get promoted. What are they? 76 points. So they're seven points ahead of Villa in third. Yeah. Yeah. So not so, not so much for points he was making. How did you feel about the way he made those points? And more importantly, I suppose, the, the timing that he did it. It felt very much like a man who had had his second glass of wine and thought, I know what's a good idea, and just pick, and picked up his phone. It's nice to have an owner who you think maybe had a second glass of wine instead of a second something else that I won't say because it's libel. <laughs> no, sorry, this is, this is audio. <laughs> this is audio, so it's slander, isn't it? Not libel. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, relax. It's fine. <laughs> oh, fuck off, Massimo. Um, yeah, it was just one of those. You just like, you just leave it. You just leave it till tomorrow morning, and then put it out in a better way. Again, just like do it through the club website or something like. Let the club prepare a statement or something along those lines. It, it was just all a bit. Uh, to me, it, it kind of smacked of we've just lost three nil and absolutely been battered. But don't look at that. Look over here. Yeah, at this thing. It did seem a little bit Mourinho talk about something else and distract, didn't it? Yeah. Because uh, I honestly, if it had been me personally, I think that you should do it the day before. I mean, there was because there was plenty of talk about it as well. Yeah. You know, coming into the game, and you know, it's not as if it's anything new to us, but. Um, yeah, it's just, just poorly timed. Yeah, the, the problem is, if you do it, like, literally, like, you know, a minute after you get beat 3-0 at home by them, it doesn't matter how erudite your point is, it doesn't matter how well-constructed the argument is, it sounds like going, it's not fair! <laughs> 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 Only, you know, All players in are Italian. bigger than ours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't I'll, think I'll just, that... Sorry, I just imagine Angus Kinnear and Victor Orta sat next to him going, and he's gone, do you think I should put something on Twitter? Um, no, just just, just leave it, Andrea, just leave it. All right, I'm going to leave it. Andrea, are you picking up your phone? No, no, I'm just, I'm just going to look at something. I'm just, are you typing something, Andrea? Put the phone down, put the... Oh, he sent it. Yeah, I've got oh, the shit. actual quote here. We have our own problems, but we should play in a fair competition. It's not legal and fair to let one team owned by a fund whom ha who has shares in the biggest players' agency with evident benefits. Top European clubs giving up players with options to buy. Why can't the other te 23 teams have the same treatment? We should play all 24 of the same rules and opportunities. Brackets, it's enough to Google it. 
which, don't, <laughs> you know, second language. Uh, congratulations to the best team, but hopefully it can be fair and equal to all 24 teams. And it, to be fair, there was a fair few who immediately afterwards said, what he's saying is fine. It's People were more pissed off with the way he said it than what he actually said, I think. Some people were just yeah. pissed off in general. But there was a lot of people, like, I've, oh, I can't, I don't actually remember his real name. I think Dr. T on Twitter, I think he was one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I can never remember his actual name. Uh, but he said, you know, quite early on, yeah, but if he's just getting clarification on the rules, he ran a, he was part of a football agency and he's mates from selling media rights, we all at big clubs. Mm. If they can do it, why can't we? And that's yeah. basically what Radrizani then said to Dan Lohan the next day on BBC. Yeah, I saw the headline. I haven't had a chance to read the article yet, but I did see him essentially going, well, if they can do it, we might as well. Yeah, well, I've got, I've, I'm very prepared today. I've, actually, I've got quotes from that as well. I want to understand the rules so I can act like them. If it's possible, I would do the same as it's proven to be successful. If not, I'll do as I did in the past. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to clarify rules because I want to build a successful team like Wolves. Uh, to do it, I might need to have five or six players on loan from an important agent or important clubs in Europe. I need to understand if it's practical as I'd like to do the same. And he said he's written to the Premier League to make sure it's in line with their rules as well. Because he said if it's going to take you up, but then you're going to get in trouble, there's no point. It's all perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I mean, he said, I know many agents, I know George Mendes well, I'd love to have their help, I just want to know if it's possible to do it within the rules. I might not even need an agent because I have good relations with many football teams in Europe personally. And there was a lot of pictures being shared of him with, you know, with the guys that own PSG and stuff like that, although having a load of pictures on Twitter of you doesn't really mean no, otherwise we might as well hire Terry George. Get him back. Because <laughs> he has pictures with everyone. Ben Troyer's back. He said a very. He said a lot of similar things in the talks. In, did, did you see his Talksport interview today as well? I haven't seen that. No, that's the first I'm seeing of it. Uh, he said a lot of the same things regarding the rules. He name dropped uh, Mino Raiola as well. Uh, you know, basically, it was sort of insinuating that here and there was all, and there was a named agency as well. And I don't think it was the one that he used to have a stake in. I think yeah. it was another one with a lot of. But uh, one of the things with him name-dropping Mino Raiola and saying they're mates, something that made, that made sense to me is, uh, remember that transfer story for uh, Moyes Keane? Yeah, the but, one we all kind of laughed about. Yeah, well, he's his agent and they are mates, apparently. So maybe oh. that's how that got going. Uh, but the other thing he did in this TalkSport interview today was he basically buried the team. <laughs> well... You kind of have to with how they've been playing. Oh, yeah, it's fair enough. I'm, it's it's just weird to hear someone kind of speaking like a fan. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, they did well till the end of December, and in, but unfortunately in January we ruined everything. I'm the first person responsible for this, but the players have a big part in these results. We've given them everything to focus on football. We've given them long-term contracts, taken them on mid-season breaks with Spain and stuff that they wanted. But we didn't get back their commitment, their passion, their spirit, which I thought was a hell of a line. Uh, particularly, yeah. we played very poorly against Middlesbrough, where uh, it was the bottom of the season. There was no commitment, no passion, no spirit. He said that twice. <laughs> uh, I don't want players in my team and representing Leeds United with this behaviour. 
which we thought it was a bit harsh on Christensen. It appears that he is just a bit of a harsh person. He's just very, <laughs> he's a very straightforward man. No, there's nothing complex about him. Yeah. He's, he's said that he's said that he has fully given up on promotion this year. We just need to play the, the last few games with spirit and passion and show that the players want to be here. And, you know, that they want to be here too. And they want to give the fans what they deserve. And he said that he'll meet the players face to face and say the exact same. I mean, it's the man paying their wages. He's, you kind of think he's entitled to do it as well. Um, the, the, you can't argue with him at all. Like he's he's not wrong watching those games. Um, it is it's very surprising hearing an owner speak like that. As you know, Chilino would come out with some stuff, but you just think, oh fuck, he's just a drunken idiot. Um, it's, whereas you don't expect this from Radrizani, who everything he's kind of come out with has been relatively reasonable he's always and like you say he's been very erudite whenever he's spoken and all right you don't always agree with him but you know you don't expect to see something like this from an owner no the uh, one problem with what he's saying is that he, he kind of he's basically implying that if anyone keeps being shit his plan is to get rid we're gonna have three players in pre-season no it's just that that's going to be very difficult to get it might be difficult to get rid of some of these players now we've given them the five-year deals. Now that they're all on, I mean, you know, you you know, Ken has a long contract now. Mm. The only deals that are up at the end of the season are Pennington and Lasaga's loans and Pablo Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, we got a few players, and and like you say, that at least Hernandez we want to keep. I imagine there's some interest towards Pennington. Um, at the very least even if we didn't sign him another championship club would take a loan or something yeah and and then there's and you know we're definitely taking into consideration Lasaga as an option for next season Um, yeah it'll be interesting to try and try and see who we can move on like you say there's there's a fairly long list of players who who you could definitely consider moving on in the summer I mean, I felt bad because at one point, you know, I'm looking at, I don't want him to leave, but you look at the way Calvin Phillips has been the second half of this season. And if if you if you got in another central midfielder, then you've got to start looking and thinking, well, do we keep him around in the hopes that he's going to force his way back in? Or do we move him on? Same with Liam Cooper. You know, that is, he's the captain, but I by no means want him as one of my first choice central defenders so again you then start looking well you know do we keep him around how how is he going to be with that if he's still the captain um you know so it's gonna be a tough one for for uh, us in the summer because clearly the budget's not massive and we will have to move play you know as it's shown with chris wood and charlie taylor leaving that money has gone into has gone straight back into signings and wages. Um, so we will need to generate some money to sign more players. And if they're all on long contracts, then it's going to be harder to do that. Yeah, I haven't uh, checked the figures. I should Had I thought on and known we were going to... And thought on enough that we were going to get onto this, I'd have tweeted Mike Thornton or something. Uh, I've, I'm fairly sure that Leeds are pretty okay on the three-year cycle of FFP. You know, with us flogging players, I think we've balanced it fairly well. Yeah. Because, what is it now, 42 million over three years you're allowed to lose? 
Uh, yeah, it's around that, isn't it? Yeah, so... Well, there's two bits. First of all, he says that players have no commitment, no passion, no spirit. Do you actually agree with him, or do you just think a lot of them are out of form? Which is what I actually think it is. Yeah, I, th- I think they're out of form. I think there's... Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to say that they don't have the spirit for it. Yeah, because I've been saying for a lot of years that I don't actually think there's many professional footballers who aren't giving their all, even if they don't look like they are sometimes. Yeah, it's not like we've got someone like Pascal Chimbonda in the team who is clearly just there to pick up a wage. You know, I think we've, we've had a lot of players who have who are out of form and I just don't think we've had the quality backup for some of them to to bring them out of the team for a couple of games and kind of let them recover that, um, unfortunately, which has been which has been a problem all season. You, and you look at when we've had players out, we had that really bad patch with the uh, all the suspensions, and you look at the players we had to bring in, and we just don't have the depth there yet. Um, and I think that that's caught us up a bit. So I, you know, I think, yeah, it, it'd be tough to say they aren't trying. I just, I think there's a combination of tiredness, um, inconsistency, and and one or two players who, in truth, just aren't good enough. Yeah. Now the other thing is, if it, if the EFL and Premier League say it's okay. Do you think that with, I mean, Radrizani definitely does have contacts in the right areas. Like mm. It's for certain he definitely owns part of the agency. He has been selling media rights to all the biggest clubs in Europe. Yeah. Do you think that their model is the one to follow? Coming in and going to, I don't know, let's say PSG, for a player who is on the fringes of their first team and saying season-long loan, if we get promoted, we'll give you 14 million quid and sign him permanently. It's it's hard to say no. You look at you look at the players Wolves have, and is it in an ideal world? Is it the way you want your football club run? Probably not. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like John Smiths are gonna turn up, take over the club, and have us you know playing with all players born within a fifteen mile radius of the stadium. Yeah, we can't all be Celtic in. With sixty-seven, that they won European Cup, I think. Yeah, you know, it's just not realistic. You look at how long we've been out of the Premier League now. Are we really in a position to say we, you know, this isn't how we want things done? You know, if if we're given the option to get some quality players in through, you know, should we be upset about the the way they come in or not? You know. I, at the end of the day, is would like to see us back in the Premier League. I think that's where we all want to be. And I think for the amount of time we've been in this division, we, at this point, we've got to look at every option and just think, well, what is the best way for us to get out? And if this is it, then I think we have to accept it and go with it. Yeah, I'm just waiting, actually, for end of season, for them to say, and this won't be an original thought, I'm sure loads of people have said it on Twitter today, uh, that they'll go, no, Wolves are fine but we're going to change the rules over the summer. Yeah. So that you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, Wolves are out of the Football League now, so this is no longer an issue. Yeah. I mean, because the Football League have stood by their original ruling, haven't they? They've, they've constantly said, you know, they passed the owners and directors test, and as far as we are aware, that still stands. 
but you got to think that there's going to be some pressure on them now. Yeah, although Ladrizani's been the most vocal, Leeds aren't the only club that have said stuff about this. I know Villa have, uh, although being on the same side as Tony Zia doesn't really help your argument because he's a moron. Uh, but I, I, I would bet that there's probably be... I bet most of the clubs in the league have said something at the very least privately. Mm. Do you think this is the model that Doncaster dreamed of when they went through that period in the championship? When they got Willie Mackay and got Chimbonda and Juve and Alu Diala? Yes. Do you, do you think this is what they imagined happening before it turned out they were awful? Yeah. God, imagine... <laughs> They got Alu Diara and Wolves got Ruben Neves. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show, at least if you're going to get into bed with an agent, at least make it a good one. Yeah, that was the, that sort of been thinking last uh, last hour or so. Is I, I wonder if Radrizali knows Willie Mackay. Oh, he definitely knows of him. There's a big picture <laughs> of him on wall saying, "Do not allow in." <laughs> next to a picture of Scott Steiner. <laughs> Don't allow these men in. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Mackay's sons? They both went to Cardiff. Yeah, they both went to Cardiff. Uh, I think they both got two-year deals. Uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, as long as it doesn't end up as in that sort of situation, you know, like Don, like with Doncaster when they were in the championship and how badly that went down, then... You know, I'd, you can't say no to quality players coming in, however you can get your hands on them. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the real news, but there was a thing that happened about half an hour before we started recording that you're unaware of that I just wanted to mention to you. Yes. The headline in the Irish Times is former, quotes child prodigy, end quote, footballer jailed for transporting drugs. <laughs> All right. A former Republic of Ireland and Leeds United youth team footballer has been jailed for two and a half years after being caught transporting almost €200,000 worth of cannabis. <laughs> Rob Bailey, 30. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he says that he fell into gambling when he was 14 at Leeds and he, he kept doing it and he agreed to transport the drugs to pay off a six and a half grand debt. Oh, six and a half grand. It wasn't even good then. No. It's not even worth the money. Oh, Rob, Roberto, what are you doing? Yeah, so Roberto Bailey of He's... Who Played's fame. <laughs> yeah, t- wow. Two, two and a half years in jail. It, it got retweeted by Phil here just before we came on. <sighs> I tell you, I was not expecting to read that today. Oh, wow. I tell you, clearly there's not a lot of money in the Irish leagues. I don't even know if he's still playing. Uh, I'm not sure somewhere in Ireland. Uh, I know that he was playing for Shamrock Rovers at one point. Uh, I don't know whether he still was. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, he he was playing for Shelburne last year. Okay, yeah, there you go. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention that to you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's not something you hear every day. No, uh, <laughs> well, there's, there's only one game to preview this time. Oh, by the way, I, I never said... Uh, in the predictions, you and Connie are level, and I'm about 11 points in front of you. Yeah, you're tearing away here now. Yeah, it only takes a couple of end-of-season things to go, and that'll flip. Uh, but yeah, we've got we've only got one upcoming fixture because of the international break coming up. But it's a fairly big one, Chef Wednesday at home on Saturday. 
were absolutely Gosh. awful in the return fixture, got beat 3-0. Uh, it was, looking back, it's weird to say because he's been so poor lately, but it was Yunno Kane's worst game of the season. Uh, but Chef Wednesday are even more shite than we are lately. In terms of number of wins, there might not be, but like they're in real crisis, aren't they? Like everyone's at each other's throats about them. Uh, they've had one draw and four defeats in the last five, no wins in seven, uh, if you include FA Cup, one win in 11, three wins in 18, four wins in 26. That's, that's not good. No. Uh, seven. Let's make, it, let's make it our 2018 look good. Uh, seven. T- well, no, we've only had like one win. <laughs> we've had one mm. win since we beat Hull on with Boxing Day. Oh, yeah. So we're just as bad. It's just theirs has gone on a bit longer. But yeah, they're 17, 38 points from 37, and they're, they're genuinely worried about getting sucked into a relegation battle. And financially, they're not in good shape either. Because they gambled yeah. a couple of years ago and it hadn't paid off. Just looking now, yeah, I mean, at the league table, they're 17, 38 points. So they're eight points ahead of Birmingham. Yeah, if they continue to run like that, then there, there is a chance. Yeah, I mean, how they're that low with squad they've got, I'm not sure, really. I mean, Kieran Westwood's been injured for a lot at season, which hasn't helped him because he's a really good keeper. Hmm. Uh, but they've named him in the Ireland squad for coming up, upcoming internationals. Uh, but he's not expected to be back for the Leeds game. And it's no arbiter of uh, current form or quality because you know Kane's also in that squad. Yeah. So, oh, God. Poor Ireland. Yeah. Uh, in defence, we've got, I mean, J- Jack Hunt and Morgan Fox, both decent fullbacks. Leuven's got Pudel, blame Tom Lees. Poor Tom Lees. Yeah. Sure, I'm sure everything's been blamed on him for this. Yeah. Well, it might have been because I know he dropped at bench. A fair bit. Oh, poor Tom. Uh, depending on back. Yeah, depending on whether they play him in midfield or in defence, that uh, the one of the easiest bets in football, Sam Hutchinson, to get booked, he could play. Hey, did they have Harry Redknapp in charge at any point, signing strikers for them? Uh, no, but they did seem to follow. Say, I mean, well, in order, midfield, Jacob Butterfield's good. Bannon's decent. Kevin Lee's pretty good. Ross Wallace, tall as a new one in first game. Mm. Uh, Adam Reach was all right at Borough. But yeah, up front, well, not so much up front, but forwards if you include wingers and stuff. Jordan Rhodes, Stephen Fletcher, Gary Hooper, at De Nuiu, Lucas Yao, Marco Matthias, Fernando Forestieri, George Boyd. There's a there's a big split in there somewhere. Just there's four names who are just these are play these are strikers you should sign in the championship. When you look at Rhodes, Fletcher, Hooper, and Boyd. To not not sound all post Brexit or anything, but there's definitely an us and them. Yeah. Look at those British lads in the championship and then, yeah. I don't know if if you'll remember it, but you're a student at the same time as me, you probably do. Can you remember the streaming website that is at De Nuiu's first name? No. ATDHE.net was a place where you could watch all the football. Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's a blast from the past. Yeah. It's just a weird one. uh, They're shite, we're shite is basically what's been happening lately. But with us being oh. at home, oh, it's it's kind of weird. I want to predict a win, but it's hard to predict us to win anything lately. Do we have to play these upcoming games? Can we not just... Can just we not just it. like... 
yeah, can we not just agree with half these teams before? I'm sure if like I'm sure Chef Wednesday'd be thrilled if we phoned them up and just said, Should we just agree on a nil nil draw, yeah? Yep, yeah, perfect. We'll take it. Nice one. Well, that's what it felt like going into Reading game because we'd won like one in fourteen and they'd won one in fifteen. It were nailed on draw. Oh, uh, this this is the sort of game. Ah, uh, uh, bollocks to it. We're at home. We're going to win 2-1. 2-1. Uh, I'm going to say 1-0, and Connie's got 1-1. One, one. Uh, Connie's probably going to get that one. Yeah, uh, but the main... I don't, know why I'm, I don't know why I've got any optimism of a win. Because we just can't turn it off, unfortunately. Uh, the... I'm trying to figure out, because I know they pointed out that uh, we've not won a game that Forshaw's played in yet. And we've also not won any of the games that I've watched since I've come back to Portland. I've not I've not seen us win yet. We've drawn a couple, we've lost a couple. Well, that's yet fine. To win one. You're at work for this one. Yeah. So so if we win, it's on me. Yeah. Then it is your fault. Uh, do you reckon it'll change much with team? Um. I mean, there's so defensively, there's nothing we can really, you know, two centre backs you can't I mean, change. Co- well, that will got, Cooper won't be back, so it'll stick. You got to see. Berardi's going to be at right back. I'm about, to, I'm about ready to see either Denton or uh, El Gigante coming at left back and just give one of them a chance. Clearly, to box, not up to it, or there's something going on there. Um, Give one of those to a, a couple of games and give them a chance. At this stage, you know, it's not going to hurt. Central midfielders, stick your name in a hat, pull one of them out to play alongside Forshaw. I, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Play Anita, why not? Just give them a chance. Um, attacking midfielders, again, pick three of Dallas, Hernandez, Alioski and Saez, you know, pick any three of those four and Lasaga. Yeah, I was I was very surprised actually at Lasaga not starting against Reading. Now that you mention it, I, it did seem a lot. I don't know if it was because of the way I don't I don't know if putting Ekiban in was because of how our midfield had played in the last couple of games. That I thought, well, Ekiban might play a little bit deeper and get more into the game. I don't. I I didn't see it as been a punishment for it for Lasaga's performances. That that's how I saw it. Nah, but you would think he'd be back in for this one. Yeah. Uh, for the, for the three behind, when we're at home, I'd always like it to be Hernandez, Size, and Alioski because I think when everyone's in form, that's the best three. Yeah. And I think that they all seem to play a bit better when the other ones are there. Yeah, I think so. I, and and to be honest, like that that three. Uh, uh, I've got very good memories of some of their performances. You think back to the Middlesbrough game at home and the Barnsley game away just after that, I think, of those three playing really well as a unit. Um, again, I'd maybe play Dallas ahead of Alioski, but, you know, I'd, and again, you know, thinking behind that is Dallas hasn't played a whole lot this season. Alioski's had a lot of football, has not been in the best of form at times. You know, in these this last month or so, that would be my only reason. But I, I do think the the three you said that's that's the strongest iteration of that midfield. Yeah, in terms of midfield, obviously, I agree. That it's one a lot. It's one alongside Farshaw. Uh, if Vieira's fit, I'd have it be Vieira. If he isn't, then I agree. Anita. 
Because O'Kane and Phillips are both so out of form that I can't see any justification for picking either one of them. No. I can genuinely see more justification for picking Oriol Gray than I can Ewan O'Kane at a minute. And it feels weird to say that because at the start of his season, I was saying he was his best midfielder. Yeah, it's just... I don't know if it's this, it's this odd combination of they're out of form and there's nothing to play for now that it's just going to kind of drag them down a little bit. But just take, you know, especially okay, and it's not been a good few weeks for him. Just get him out of the, you know, get him out of the spotlight for a game or two. Um, I've said before, I think, I think if you play okay and Forshaw together, I think they're too similar. And I think Forshaw is better at that job than okay. is. Yeah. Um, you know, look, again, look at the under 23s. Maybe Sheffield Wednesday isn't the game to do it, but at the same time, if if you're going to throw someone in, give them a you know, give them a bit of a test. Yeah. So it's just an aside. Just with you mentioning Chef Wednesday and under 23s, I just remembered. You know that uh, George Hurst that they've got. Yeah. I think their manager said something about not being able to pick him due to this contractual dispute. So it sounds like he's off at end of season. It sounds like we're still interested. So. That could happen. It just oh, jumped okay. into my head because you mentioned those two words next to each other. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad we're looking at younger, some younger players as well. Like, fair enough. That's you know, I, I've seen quite a few play, a uh, few people on Twitter that kick off about the amount of people we've signed for the under 23s, and I it kind of I, I've gotten a little bit bored with it recently. But if we can get him in and get you know give him some time in the under 23s, um before moving him up because we do need those options up front you know we you look at we we've had the three of Lasaga, Ekuban and Roof and probably could have done with one extra do you, you know, think like having one of the, that there is any chance Grot gets on the bench after his two goals in midweek not midweek we're in midweek now on Saturday it was following <laughs> the Reading game because uh, he scored t- two goals in a 2-0 win and seemed, admittedly, I only saw the highlights, but seemed to be pretty effective in that game. Yeah, and I'm not entirely sure how much of him Heckingbottom will have seen outside of training. Um, you know, he's been out of the team for a while. I know he's been on the bench once or twice. But, again, he's, uh, for Heckingbottom to see him, and I, uh, you know, I know he'll have got a, probably a three- or four-year contract when we signed him. So you got to take a look at him uh, just to see what he can do. Because I think he'll be someone who next season we will probably look to send out on loan somewhere. And I think that might do him good, you know, if he drops down to League One, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely worth taking a look at him. The only other, uh, I, I mean, Dolby's looked okay from what I've seen of him, but the one that's actually in really good nick is uh, Ryan Edmondson in under 18. Yeah, I'd heard, heard uh, and I think it was listening to the square ball and between that and reading reports of their games that he's having a bit you know he's having a good run and again just put them on the bench for games if nothing else give them the experience of traveling with the squad i think he might get chucked on right at the end of the season maybe last game or something yeah i you know typically they will take one or two extra players down to away games especially you know when they're traveling Give a couple of young lads that chance, even if they're not going to be in the team, just have them travel down with the squad, be part of it, give them that experience. So at least then when the time does come for a couple of them in the next year or so, then it's not going to come as a shock to them. You know, I think that's what we, we should use this time as now. Yeah. 
Well, I think that'll just about do us. I don't. I could, I could moan. I could moan about us for another fifteen minutes, but I don't think it's going to get us anywhere. Yeah, I don't think that'd be fun moaning. I think it'd just be sad. It's <laughs> <laughs> make things worse. And it's quite well timed because I'm coming to the end of my Castile triple. Oh, lovely. What Sounds great. What do you mean, lovely? You don't like beer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I will say, I got. I ended up during the uh, during the Middlesbrough game. I went to the pub to watch this. For the last twenty minutes, I got talking to a guy at the bar. Did barely watch the last twenty minutes. And, um, Lucky you. I, th- I think my I think my parting remarks after the game were, "Thank God I like the food here, because otherwise this has been a complete waste of my time." Yeah, uh, but yeah, that'll do us for episode twenty of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, we're at Mighty Whites Pod on Twitter at mightywhitespodcast.com for stuff that me and KC Wright goes up on through it all together, which is at thru it all lufc. Uh, we'll probably be back. It'll be just after, it'll either be during the international break or just after them to get it out for the following game. Uh, a lot depends on Connie because he's got a few things on at minute, but we'll try and sort it out. Uh, thanks very much for listening. I've been Jack. And I've been Casey. I'll see you later. Right, cool. Thanks for listening and I'll see you at some point. Mm-hmm.